Book Three, Chapter Twelve of Saint Francis of Assisi, a Biography, by Johannes Jorensen, translated by Thomas O'Connor Sloan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Three, God Singer, Chapter Twelve, The Last Visit to Rome and the Crib at Greccio. Francis was last in Rome in the year twelve twenty three to obtain the papal ratification of his rule, and Ugolin was helpful to him in this. When we still occupied a lower office, we were with St. Francis when writing the rule, and obtained the confirmation of it by the Holy See, he says himself, in 1230, after he was Pope. During this visit, Francis undoubtedly again visited Brother Jacopa, Jacopa de Settesoli, who in 1217 had become a widow. She was one of the two women with whose features, according to his own statement, he was acquainted. The other was St. Clara. In her house he felt that he was welcome. It was his own Bethania, and Jacopa was Mary and Martha combined. She prepared for him the aliments he liked, among others the almond cream which he in his last sickness thought he would like to taste. In return he gave her a legacy, which was exactly in his way of thought. He could never bear to see a lamb led to the slaughterhouse. It reminded him of Jesus as he was taken to Golgotha, and he always tried when he could to obtain its freedom. Thus he succeeded in Mark Ancona once in getting a merchant to buy the lamb, with which he next presented himself before the bishop of Osimo. It was only after long explanations that Francis succeeded in making this prelate understand why he came in such a procession, and the lamb was then given to the nuns at San Severino. Out of its wool a habit was made, which was sent to Francis at the next Pentecost chapter. On another occasion Francis gave his cloak as ransom for two small lambs which a peasant was carrying. For when Francis heard the lambs bleeding, his heart was moved, and he went and caressed them, and comforted them like a mother who comforts her crying child. And he said to the peasant, Why do you torment so, my brothers, the lambs? But the peasant answered, I am going to market with them to sell them. And then, what will they do with them? Those who buy them will slaughter and eat them. That will not soon happen, said Francis and bought them straight away from the man. At Portioncola he long had a tame lamb, which followed him everywhere, even into church, where its bleedings were mingled with the songs of the brethren. Also in the same way in Rome, Francis had procured a lamb for himself, which upon his departure he gave to Jacopa. In her house it lived long, and it is told that it followed her to Mass in the morning, and that in its eagerness to go to church it would wake its mistress with little friendly buddings of its head when she was late in getting up. Out of its wool, Jacopa spun and wove the habit, which in the autumn of 1226 she took with her to Portioncola, and in which Francis died. It was not only the kind hospitality of Jacopa de Settesoli that Francis shared, he was also guest among the cardinals. 
he followed in this respect his brother's example already at an early period of the development of the order several cardinals had wished to have a friar minor with them not for the sake of any use or service but for the devotion they nourished for the holiness of the brothers thus brother giles lived for a time with cardinal nicholas chiaramonti brother angelo tancredi with cardinal leone branculioni it could be termed a pious custom at the papal court to have a friar minor in the house thomas of chelano censors sharply the idleness and life of luxury of these court brothers in francis was lacking the material for such a court brother frater palatinus in ugolin's house he never forgot to go out and beg his food and to bring the bread thus acquired to the cardinal's table and scarcely had he with the domesticated brother angelo installed himself with cardinal leo where there was given them a lonely tower which the cardinal said was as good as a hermitage when the tormentors of the demon came on the first night and fell upon francis but the next morning francis said to brother angelo why have the demons beaten me and why has the lord given them power over me the demons are our lord's chastisers for as the civil authorities send their guastaldi to punish those who have done wrong thus does the lord chastise and punish by his guastaldi who are the devils those whom he loves for the lord really loves those for whom he leaves nothing unpunished in this life and i am now firmly of opinion that with god's grace i have offended in nothing without having done the utmost therefore to have my injustice absolved and make it good again but it may be that this punishment is sent to me because i have accepted the cardinal's friendly invitation for even if i can accept it then my brothers will hear of it who wander in foreign lands and suffer hunger and many troubles and my other brothers who live in hermitages and in poor little huts will hear of it too and then they will complain about me perhaps and say we have to suffer while he is in comfort for i am given to the brothers for a good example and it is of more edification to them if i am with them in their poor little houses and they will bear their lot more patiently when they see that i have no better lot than theirs on that very day francis bade farewell to the cardinal and his tower and although it was a bitter cold december day when the rain pours almost constantly down from the roman sky he was not to be held back porta salera was soon behind him and francis went to the north on the miry roads in blasts of wind and teeming rain notwithstanding the gray sky and the rainy weather his heart was filled with sunlight all at once and he involuntarily went ahead faster so as soon to see his dear valley of rieti and again to be among the faithful brothers in fonte colombo and now another comfort awaited him above among the wild sabine hills since his trip to the holy land and his visit to bethlehem francis had a special devotion to the christmas time one year the festival fell on a friday and brother morico propounded to the brothers the opinion that 
for that reason meat might not be eaten on christmas day if it is christmas it is not friday replied francis if the walls could eat flesh i would give them it to-day but as they cannot i will at least rub them over with it he often said of this day if i knew the emperor i would ask him that all would be ordered on this day to throw out corn to the birds especially to our sisters the larks and that every one who has a beast in the stable should give them a specially good feed for love of the child jesus born in a manger and this day the rich should feast all the poor in the year twelve twenty three francis himself celebrated christmas in a way the world has never seen the match of in greccio he had a friend and well-wisher messer john velita who had given him and his brothers a wood-grown cliff up above greccio for them to live there francis now had this man called to colombo and said to him i want to celebrate the holy christmas night along with thee and now listen how i have thought it out for myself in the woods by the cloister thou wilt find a cave and there thou mayest arrange a manger filled with hay there must also be an ox and an ass just as in bethlehem i want for once to celebrate seriously the coming of the son of god upon earth and see with my own eyes how poor and miserable he wished to be for our sakes john velita looked after all of francis's wishes and at midnight of christmas eve the brothers came together to celebrate the festival of christmas all carried lighted torches and around the manger the brothers stood with their candles so that it was light as the day under the dark vaulting of the rocks mass was read over the manger as the altar so that the divine child under the forms of bread and wine should himself come to the place as bodily and discernibly as he had been in the stable of bethlehem for a moment it seemed to john velita that he saw a real child lying in the manger but as if dead or sleeping then brother francis stepped forward and took it lovingly in his arms and the child smiled at francis and with his little hand stroked his bearded chin and his coarse gray habit and yet this vision did not astonish messer giovanni for jesus had been dead or else asleep in many hearts but brother francis had by his voice and by his example again restored the divine child to life and awakened it from its trance as the gospel was now sung francis stepped forward in his deacon's vestments deeply sighing overcome by the fullness of his devotion filled with such a wonderful joy the holy one of god stood by the manger says thomas of chelano and his voice his strong voice and glad voice clear voice and ringing voice invited all to seek the highest good brother francis preached on the child jesus with words that dripped with sweetness he spoke of the poor king who was born in the night and who is the lord jesus in the city of david 
and every time he would name the name of jesus the fire of his love overcame him and he called him instead the child from bethlehem and the word bethlehem he said with a sound as if of a lamb that bleats and when he had named the name of jesus he let his tongue glide over his lips as if to taste the sweetness this name had left there as it passed over them the holy watch night only ended late and every one went with joy to their homes but later the place where the manger stood was dedicated to the lord for a temple and over the manger an altar was erected to the honor of our blessed father francis so that where the dumb animals formerly ate hay out of the manger their men now received the spotless lamb our lord jesus christ for the salvation of their soul and body he who in unspeakable love gave his blood for the life of the world and who with the father and the holy ghost in eternal divine glory lives and rules for ever and ever amen end of book three chapter twelve